What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 208 of Spinning Thoughts. We have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. The video podcast drops at noon Eastern the same day, and then the audio hits all platforms on Mondays. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. And if you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like. Make sure you're subscribed and have notifications on. It's honestly a great way to show your support and to let us know that you're liking all of this new video content that we're doing. So on that topic, I'd like to just say how excited I am to have my first band guest on in 2021. I've got Jared from Dear Youth and their album Heirloom, which dropped in October of 2020. It was their debut full length, made my top 10 albums of 2020. It's so, so good. I got the vinyl coming in. It looks beautiful. So we're going to talk a lot about Heirloom uh, a little bit later here in this episode, but to continue with a trend that I started last week in episode 207. Make sure you check that out. It's on YouTube, all platforms now. I really want to just share a ton, a ton of music with you that may be new to me, new to you, new to all of us, or just deserves more of a spotlight that just kicks really hard and has, you know, just a good buzz and vibe to it. And last week we played some good tunes and I've got three for you here today. We're bumping it up one, right? So we're going to play music from Bicycle in Alaska and Action Adventure. Why don't we just kick things off right now with Bicycle in? This was one of the bands that tweeted at me. I, I, I'm starting to do this thing now. It's a trend, I guess, where I'm going to tweet out once a week like, yo, what bands want to be? on my show, like their music at spin thoughts on Twitter. If you want to play along, right? So bicycle in, they, they hit us up. That's what we want. And we checked out their latest single poor lakes camp. I, I think it just literally dropped maybe like Jan- January the 8th guys. Tell me, let me know if I'm right, wrong. I should have wrote it down, but I even commented on Twitter to them. Like the intro caught me so off guard. It's just like, boom in your face. It's not forever, but it's just Really quick, I guess uh, the best way for you to know is for you to hear it yourself. Everybody, this is Poor Lakes Camp from Bicycle In. Purely refined. I 
So you just finished listening to Poor Lakes Camp from Bicycle Inn. Make sure you go and check them out on social media. We should have a little thing going along the screen here right now to tell you where you can find them because I can't remember everything. So I'm using video magic now since I'm doing a video podcast, okay? Next, we're going to play some music from Alaska. The song is Grandma Curly. Now, I got to give this, uh, Hannah, I believe, is who reached out to me from the band. I've got to give credit because this is one of my favorites that have been tweeted at me. The, the tweet, I'm going to put it up on the screen here, like references how this is loosely based on like a story that their grandmother uh, may have maybe murdered a boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it really caught my attention and uh, the song is just gorgeously done. The uh, vocals and the music uh, instrumentation, it's awesome. And just having that little tweet as a like a quick backstory really made me laugh. I was excited to share it with everybody. So this is Grandma Curly from Alaska. Just a little bit too 
apologize Cause I tend to lash out when I'm afraid And I never know why I respond this way But my blood is poison, my skin's too thin And if you scratch me by accident, you'll catch my disease Just finished listening to Grandma Curly from Alaska. Again, make sure you go follow them on social media. I got this black bar going down below. At least I should be. I'm telling myself this as I record this and hoping that post-production me goes and does it as well. It's a full circle kind of thing. Make sure you go check out Alaska. And again, that interaction on Twitter, I just I give a thumbs up because it caught my attention. And then the song followed up being awesome as well. Right now, we are going to check out the interview, the conversation, the deep dive into the world of Jared and Dear Youth. Everybody enjoy. All right, so I am so, so excited to bring on our first guest of the new year. And you guys know I've been talking about doing video podcasts. You're seeing this right now on YouTube. Hit the like button down there. That looked like a thumbs down, but I'm pointing down. Don't give me a thumbs down. Give me a thumbs up. Um, But this is the, in my opinion, the first official video podcast of uh, Spinning Thoughts. Last week, we had Jay on. He's part of the team. That was nothing. This time, we're doing the real thing. We've got a band, and we've got the vocalist the lead vocalist of Dear Youth. We've got Jared, all the way from Canada, visiting us here on Zoom. Jared, what up, brother? What's up, brother? How's it going? Oh, I am doing very well. Considering the circumstances of the world that everybody's living in, feels really fucking crazy in the States if you've been watching on uh, on the news. Oh, yeah. But um, just overall in the world, you know, with COVID and everything, it's been a rough, a rough time. So before we dive into the music, man, I really just wanted to kind of see how you're doing, like with the shit going on in the world. Yeah, for sure, man. I've uh, been doing good. Uh, trying to stay busy. Uh, we're actually going into another lockdown here. So I'm from Montreal, uh, Quebec, up in Canada. Um, and yeah, so tonight's actually a curfew at 8 p.m. You're not allowed to leave your house. Oh, wow. Um, and the cops are going to be like patrolling the streets and stuff. I think the only thing you're allowed to do after 8 p.m. is walk your dog. So uh, you can go on Kijiji now and write the dog if, uh, if you don't have one. Luckily, luckily I do. Um, so yeah, like, you know, a lot of people are up in arms about it. Obviously we're actually the only Canadian province that's going to be, uh, under like this, such uh, an intense lockdown. Um, like just because the cases have been skyrocketing, like, uh, you know, throughout Christmas time and stuff like that, like you weren't supposed to see your family, like there were restrictions, like, you know, hashtag cancel Christmas was like, everyone was respecting that obviously, but you know, there's always those those select few that think that they're uh, above uh, above the law, if you will. And um, and yeah, like, I guess you, 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 know, you have to say because of the people like that, that we're meeting up during Christmas time, during New Year's, 
Um, you know, the case has skyrocketed. And now the government feels like they have no choice but to just lock everything down for the next month. Can't leave your house after 8, 8 p.m. So bunker yeah. down and uh, and just chill, you know, watch some movies, listen to music, work. That's all, that's all I've been doing. Yeah, well, hey, I, I hope that you guys are safe. Um, uh, you and I were talking off the air before we started recording. Everybody here at Spinning Thoughts knows we've got two contributors in Canada. Um, and just the world all feels really so crazy right now. So, um, you know, be safe, keep being healthy, and hopefully that lockdown does what it's intended to do. And, you know, the world can get back to some normalcy, which is going to be somewhat of a theme, not entirely here this yeah. episode. Um, because the music industry is just fucking hurting, you know, from COVID and, you know, everything is shutting down, no touring. Um, but we'll dive into that a little bit and see how Dear Youth kind of handled that in 2020 and what the plans are for 21. Um, but, you know, before we really dive in, for full transparency for the listeners, and Jared, you and I talked again briefly before starting taping, Dear Youth really just hit my radar in early 2020. Uh, but I'm sure that's not where things started with the band. Right doing some research and stuff but i always just like to kind of let the the person i'm talking to you know get give us some insight as to where the band came from you know look there's roots for the band um and heirloom the the debut full-length album we're going to talk about that a lot here something had to happen before heirloom so just give me a quick like history lesson on dear youth how did we get to heirloom like to the part where that was a possibility yeah great question um so yeah, things pretty much started off, uh, I would say, uh, at the end of 2015, early 2016. So Brendan Pilon, our, uh, our guitarist, um, him and I were in a project together previously that obviously, you know, a classic story didn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah. And I just remember calling him up one night and being like, yo, like, you know, I really want to start a band. Like, this is just what I want to do. I know that he had the same aspirations and he was really bummed out that our last project, you know, dissolved or whatever, you know, so... Um, I think six months had passed, um, called him up one night and gave him the old, the old pitch on, on why we should just like, you know, start things up again. And, and he bought it, thankfully. Um, so him and I just started, just started jamming, started uh, writing briefly with this other drummer. It was just like us three. It was like the, what we call the dark ages of dear youth. You know, we had no direction. We had no idea, like even what style we wanted to fuck with, you know, like it was just very like grassroots um jamming at this one like plug-in and play studio like we had no gear nothing you know going there like still pretty consistently like one to two times per week um and then like things started to evolve like uh we started putting out some ads on like at the time like kgg i'm sure like kgg could take like a lot of credit for so many bands that have formed over the years because that's how we were able to meet uh the next two members that joined the band which were uh, our drummer Devin Cleary so that first drummer that we were playing with obviously you know, it didn't work out with him found a new drummer and then brought on board uh our our former bassist Eduardo uh who had just moved to Montreal from Brazil and he was looking to get into music again so uh really like us us four started playing and then we realized look we want to bring on a second guitarist Brendan went to school with Jacob and again his band had just broken up so he was looking for something and then there you have it. There was like, you know, the, the first, uh, you know, the first lineup, first rendition. We were just jamming, writing music for a solid year before we played our first show. Uh, I like to I like to think that a band doesn't really come a, become a band until they play their their first show. You know, you got to you got to break the ice. You got to, you know, really see if, if this is worth pursuing, you know, because there's one thing just like screwing around in a basement or in a, you know, in a studio uh, a jamming. But it's another thing actually performing. Right. So we played played our first show. I thought it went shit, but people. 
people thought it was pretty cool. So we're like, you know, whatever, let's let's continue this. And um, that's where, um, you know, we started working on material, um, reached out to a few producers in Montreal. Um, I had a buddy who uh, was friends with a gentleman by the name of Luke Sylvester, who became kind of like, you know, the unwritten member of the band since day one. Uh, started playing, uh, started, I guess, writing with him just because he had been in so many bands in Montreal, worked with so many different uh, artists up here and uh, started writing a lot of music with him. Recorded our first EP in his basement, which is still up on our DSPs and our Spotify and Apple Music that you guys could uh, check out called Over the Bridge. Um, and um, yeah, we just, we, you know, rocked that EP for a solid year. Then uh, we were like, you know what? We want to kind of get out of the, the basement. We want to kind of evolve our sound, you know, obviously recording in a basement nowadays, I guess like five years ago, I guess you weren't really able to get the same, the same quality that you can maybe now recording in a basement, you know? Um, so we realized like, we got to get into a real studio, um, you know, reached out to, to Sam Guyana in Toronto. And yeah, uh, we ended up- Everybody in Canada. I'm sure. Everybody in uh, Canada. Yeah, salt, salt and pepper Sam is how I like to, to refer to him just because he's got the grays now and he's uh, he's very distinguished. He's experienced, you know, he's been doing this for a long time. So, um, you know, he we, we ended up recording our next EP with Sam, built out the classic, you know, uh, press kit, sent it out to labels. Um, you know, I can go deeper. We, we end up going into we end up going to Chicago. Uh, we tried out for the the uh, the famous notorious uh, Victory Records did a, a showcase for them. Um, didn't work out. Yeah, you've proven the point. The band had yeah, yeah. absolutely right. That band absolutely in a round. Yeah, but it did take five years for the debut full length album. Mm. And, you know, and like you kind of said, like, and every band goes through this where, you know, you start. But you don't really start until, like, in your opinion, like, you, you kick off that first show or you drop an EP or whatever it may be. There's something significant is usually there where a band's like, yeah, we formed in 2015, but then we really became a band, you know, here. Um, and, and so I am actually, in all honesty, so grateful that our paths crossed in 2020. Like I was saying, it caught me off guard. It even made my top 10 albums of 2020 alongside others like Knuckle Puck, who was number one, uh, Stand Atlantic, Young Culture, and more. We'll dive more into the details of the record, but uh, Jared, overall, looking back on 2020, and, and obviously that year in itself was a piece of shit, but you guys did a lot of amazing things, and we'll focus on the good. What was, how are you feeling about this reaction to the album and just the embrace? Because I don't know if you've noticed it. I'm sure you have. I have being a podcast that focuses on this. The embrace has been wildly impressive for this debut. How are you feeling? Feels amazing, man. I mean, we worked fucking hard on this album. You know, uh, a lot of people don't know, but we recorded this album in the spring of 2019. So we're going back like a year and a half before we were actually able to put it out. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the with the pandemic, obviously, because nobody knew what the fuck was happening. Um, we just shelved it. We were like, nah, like, you know, times are too uncertain. We have no idea we're like where everything's going. And we work too fucking damn hard on this on this album to just, you know, release it, uh, you know, blow our load, so to speak. And then, uh, you know, for it to just like go nowhere and, and not be able to get that 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 push that we that we wanted. Right. Um, but once things started to settle down and we realized, look, like shows aren't happening. That's just like, it's not going to happen for a while. We're sitting on this album. Bands are starting to, to, you know, announce new music. So we, you know, we decided to just marry ourselves to a date, 
I believe it's uh, came out on October 23rd, if I'm not mistaken, 2020. Um, and and we just we just went for it. Um, Reaction's been amazing. You know, thank you so much for putting it on on your top ten. We really appreciate that. Um, and then in terms of like post release, you know, because obviously there's like the build up. You're doing your singles. You're doing you know your music videos, whatever. Um, post release has been great. Uh, one thing I would say that is just it's unfortunate, uh, you know, based on the current situation is that we're not able to see kind of which songs hook live better than others. Right. And I feel like on a, on a kind of like post release like strategy, if you will, or whatever, it's always nice to be able to play the songs like live and see like how the crowd, the crowd reacts to specific songs that we might, we might not feel like our, you know, uh, our favorites off the record per se, but they just hook so well live and they're just more fun to play live or whatever that we end up pushing those in different ways, you know, whether it be like uh, whatever acoustic renditions or like uh, live streams or whatnot. Right. Like you just have a better feel of how people actually feel towards the album. Cause there's, you know, there's obviously like the online reaction, right? Which is which is great, but there's nothing more true and organic than than playing the songs and you know playing out and wherever, but fuck nowhere, and people reacting to them, you know. And that's kind of what we're missing right now. And and dear youth, if anybody listening to this episode so far is not familiar, and you know there may be a chance, but I've talked about you guys, and I am going to continue to. If you if anybody's not familiar, this band's full of fucking energy. Like this is the kind of band where I think the live atmosphere is really, really where it shines. Like you guys translated that onto a record, which isn't always easy to do. Um, the translation on the record is high energy, and I I can't even imagine what it would be like in a live show. Um, and it's you know you mentioned how like what would these what would the songs be off the album that really kick at a live show throughout 2020 all a lot of the writers at spinning thoughts what i really liked about their reviews they were kind of looking and pointing out the songs like hey i think this song would be the one that people would just go off on at a live trying to create that image because hey we couldn't fucking do it in 2020 and, and hopefully it comes back here in 21 so you kind of read my mind though jared diving into the COVID aspect of releasing heirloom uh, mm -hmm. Part of what I wanted to know was, so I, I've talked to a ton of bands um, and specifically about releasing music during COVID. One in particular, one of my favorite bands ever um, currently is City Mouth, and I just love them. I've had them on the show so many times, and Matt Powell, their, uh, their vocalist, I was talking to him and, and on the show leading up to the release, and I asked him, like, yo, dude, why are you doing this during COVID? Like, this is... City Mouth needed this album to do well. They really did. And I think it did. It was number two on my top 10. Um, I asked him, though, why the fuck did you, are you doing this during COVID? And he had his reasons. And there are bands that canceled releases and pushed them off to the future. I know you kind of touched on this, but why? Why did Dear Youth decide to go into this madness with a debut full-length album? It seems to have worked out, but why? Yeah, it's like, I mean, just because this is what we do, you know, we're not going to let uh, whatever, nothing stop us from doing what we do. You know, uh, it's just about adapting. It's, you know, of course, we know it's crazy out there, but that's not going to stop us from from pushing our band and pushing our business and, and just trying to like move things forward, you know, and it's like we just didn't have a choice. It's just the, you know, it's just the way that the, the chips fell, so to speak, you know, so of course, like the live aspect um, and, you know, selling merch are really the only two ways that as a band we can make money, which a lot of people, I mean, maybe at this point people understand that, um, but we don't make money from recording. We don't really make money from streaming, you know? Um, so 
that that's what it is. So it's like, yeah, we, we do have to set up other like revenue streams, if you will, you know, to try to make money, you know, and, and at least be able to quote unquote profit off of, off of that effort, you know, the, the months and months that we spent writing the songs and, and recording them. But yeah, like to answer your question, it's just, we didn't, we didn't have a choice. This is just what it is. It's the, the new normal. And this is what we're going to, this is what we're going to do. You know, I really respect that response. And another element and layer to that is, and I'm sure bands took this into consideration and maybe even in hindsight more so, but like for people like me, you know, a consumer of music and all the listeners of spinning thoughts and listeners just of music, like dude, dear youth was part of something in 2020 that fucking saved us. You know, like so many of us needed this energy needed a new album to look forward to because we didn't have shows. We didn't have fests. We didn't have meet and greets. Right. And so, at least for me, and I know I speak for a lot of people on my team and a lot of people that I are just in my circle I interact with, bands like you that still committed to something in 2020 and gave us something to fucking look forward to, I don't know about you, but it saved me. And I know you've got to be a consumer of music as well, being in a band. Um, and so I would assume that you probably feel the same way. I mean, how, how, did, how did it feel like for you in, on the consumer side to get yeah. that? Yeah, no, I, you couldn't have said it better, honestly, man. You know, like right now, like for the next month, we're going to be forced to stay home. You know, that that's like a, a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've got friends that, uh, you know, they, they need, they need to interact with their friends. You know, if they're alone for too long, things, things don't go too well for them and, and myself included, you know, so to be able to give somebody an outlet to be able to just like, fuck it, like forget about uh, whatever problems that they have and just turn on like an album that they could just feel good about and feel good about themselves um like that means the the world and that's really why we do this you know is is for the fans is for the is for the, the community you know um and and we're, we're really proud and honored to be able to to release music and for people to have the reaction that they've had with with our album it really just means the world one of my favorite bands is like pacific jordan is a friend of the podcast and um like i'd have him on again tomorrow if he wanted to come <laughs> on um i really i love like pacific the energy they bring you guys are very similar in a ton of ways so it makes sense that jordan was part of something on this album right um his feature on heirloom was one of the things that really caught my attention initially how did this come about like this feature um i know you both are canadians and so maybe there's a connection there um but i feel like that's a pretty big name you know and and rightfully so you guys deserve to have jordan and like pacific on this album but this is a debut album what a great ass thing to have on there. How, what was that like? Yeah. So, so his igloo for all the Americans down south is actually really close to our igloo. So, like you know, when we were recording, like we're just making you know such fire that he came out and saw like what was going on. I'm kidding. Um, no. So Jordan, funny enough, um, is uh, is a, a neighbor, if you will, of where the studio is located in Toronto. Like he lives super close. Um, and and we obviously, I mean, there's the convenience aspect of that. But no, I'm kidding. He, uh, we just love like Pacific as well um and like uh when we recorded that part like even in its demo phase like we're like wow like we have to have a feature for this part man we're just like throwing out like names like we created like a dream list of who we you know who we'd want uh and uh like oh, whatever oliver oliver sykes and whatever just like dream dream like artists and like his name was on there you know because we really we really love that band the last two albums were, were so dope they recorded with sam uh sam and 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 jordan are good buddies right so 
it just made sense, you know, we're like, look, we want to put a feature on this part, like, you know, spoke to Sam, like, you know, who do you got? And his name came up and we're like, man, like, fuck it, like, let's, let's, uh, let's do it. And then we weren't there for when he recorded his part because we had gone home, but laid it down and sent us, sent us what he did. And we were like super stoked on it. And we said, like, let's, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's put it on. I always find it so intriguing how bands go about features. Like, I mean, the actual recording aspect of it and going into before I even got to talk to you today, I was wondering as, as I was thinking of these questions, was Jordan's feature recorded in, I'm assuming 2019, because you said that much of this, if not all of it was in like spring of 19. So I'm assuming his uh, feature was in 19. But I was going to ask like, yo, how the fuck do you do a feature in 2020 with COVID? But then I was thinking back, like I've had bands on the show, like even Under Oath, you know, who like Aaron Gillespie, who's been featured like on a bunch. They're never in the same fucking room ever. They're like across the country all the time when these features happen. I mean, what? how does that all come together? Like, obviously, it's like you bring the audio forms and whatnot. But how do you get the song to actually feel like it's so cohesive if you're not in the same room? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's like a maybe a, a common misconception, if you will, just because like nowadays with how like bands are writing music, some bands aren't even in the same state or in the same city or province. Everything's being drop boxed and cloud, you know, cloud this and cloud that, whatever, to to different people passing around music. So like the writing process, I feel like a common misconception from people that maybe aren't, you know, have never been in a band before is they think, okay, like the way that I think a band, you know, the whatever, the, the any anyone might think how a band writes music is they're all in a room, they open up some beers and they're like, all right, let's write a song. What do you got? And then like, someone's like, I don't know, like, what about this? And then someone's like, oh, I like that. And then they build off that. Um, that's, that's just not how it works, man. Like at all, at least not for us. Maybe there are some bands that write that way. Um, but that's just not like how bands write songs. So you, you really don't need to be in the same room as long as you, you have, you know, whatever the, the section of music that you need to record your part on, then as a musician, you should be able to do your job, you know? So Jordan's a professional, like we obviously trusted him. He, he, we writes all the songs in, in like Pacific. Um, so we had the, you know, the phrase, the piece of music, it was, a I think, a a verse, yeah, it was a verse. So, you know, we sent it to him and we said, man, like we trust, do what you do. You know, we didn't want to, I mean, we gave him direction in terms of like, like lyrically, like what we wanted, um, you know, him to talk about just so it wouldn't be completely off the board, but he kind of understood the vibe and he just did his thing and it just worked out, you know? It, it, it's interesting. And I appreciate you taking the time to explain that because music does feel to have like this misconception at times with features and other magical things in music. But when video does it, you know, like, for example, most films are not filmed on the actual location of what you think they are. Like something could be based in California, but filmed in Philadelphia, you know, and it's just the magic and the power of technology and the creativity of the artists involved. And that goes to tell just how many people are involved in the music industry in the process of releasing an album and i i just i appreciate you taking the time to explain that and, and look there's even websites and apps now where I, I feel like kellen quinn takes advantage of this a lot like where you can pay <laughs> for people to like mm -hmm. an app or something to be featured on one of your songs it's like cameo now it's just yeah the magic of technology is 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 really insane um Diving deeper then into Heirloom, it was released via Anchor 84 Records. Um, that's not a label that people toss around a lot. I'm a big fan of them, and I don't, you know, I don't get all their releases necessarily on my radar, and I should focus on that more. 
Um, how did you guys get lined up with them? And what was it like working with Anchor 84 on this release? Yeah, um, so we hooked up with them like almost three years ago now. Um, it was in the process of when we were, um, you know, uh, kind of doing our due diligence with like our EP. We created that uh, that press kit that I was talking about. And um, they, you know, they just responded. And I think that like out of everyone that we sent that EP to, like they just had the best reaction to it. They really fucked with it. Uh, the head of the label, Cody Jones, like he, you know, called me up. We had a call, like him and I, I remember uh, it was yesterday, you know, and like he he was just like really giving me like the lowdown on where he saw our band going and like, you know, his vision and, you know, like to a young band when people out in LA are talking the way they're talking to you, you know, it's, it's definitely like, it's hard to pass up, but we obviously, you know, took a look at like their repertoire and like, obviously they, they were uh, very an integral part of like Grayscale's big rise, you oh, yeah. know? Um, so it just like, it just made sense. And ever since then, it's been a great relationship. Uh, they, they've always let us do our thing and um, they've always supported everything that we've done. So it was just it was just normal. It's just easy working with them with the with the with the album. I feel like there's also another misconception in the music industry from talking to bands and everything that like record labels like do all this like micromanaging and it's like, you know, it, from my impression of Anchor eighty four and then just hearing what you said, it doesn't sound like they were like that, right? They kind of just said, "Hey, dear youth, go do your fucking thing, and we'll get behind you." Is that accurate? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's pretty accurate. I would say, like, of course, like a label. I mean, we're not like in pop music where, you know, you've got people in a boardroom that's like deciding what our, what our image is going to be, you know, like it's it's not like that. This is like, you know, alternative rock music. Like, of course, like there's there's independence and freedom um, that we have now in terms of like their opinion, like, of course, they're going to have an opinion on on on, you know, just material if we're sending them demos, like they're not just going to be like, oh, this is good. This is good. And, and pass it along their their Did desk. Have any opinion, though, Jared, that like swayed or changed a direction you were going um i i wouldn't say so no i think um i think we were on the same page from the beginning you know we had our our, our conversations about the record and like even before we wrote the record like the direction that we were going in like we were very much on the same page so we kind of just like went in that direction so there wasn't any real need to like about face and, and go in any different directions once we started writing yeah, I think from my from my side of uh, the music industry, I think record labels would do well to take this approach. Uh, obviously, there's an expertise and a level of like knowledge and networking that they have that any band should like embrace that criticism or constructive feedback. But it, you know, it, it seems like they've just been supportive along the way, and I, I have a great impression of that record label. I would encourage everybody to check out more artists on it. Um, we we loosely talked about top ten albums and stuff, Jared. I, I mentioned that. Dear Youth was number 10, easily could have been shuffled around, you know, anywhere in there. I could have done three of these lists. I mean, I don't know if if band members or if you personally did any kind of like top 10 album or end of the year content. Is there any kind of like just bands or albums, though, that really hit you hard in 2020? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was just like joking around with the guys from Bearings. Uh, I really enjoyed their really enjoyed their last album. I thought it was like really well executed. The songs are really, really strong. Songwriting is a really, really uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. So kudos to them. Um, I know this maybe isn't the most popular answer, but I fuck with the MGK album. I thought it was, I agree from a, 
from a songwriting perspective, like you can't deny they're just good songs and whether he wrote them, whether Travis Barker wrote them, whether some guy in, you know, I don't know, some Chuck E. Cheese wrote them or something, you know, like they're good songs and they're catchy and, and like the guy kills it. Like he's talented and you can't deny it. You know, um, I'm not one of those like elitists or like, I'm going to start judging someone for like, uh, you know, corrupting the scene or, or whatever, you know, like the guy was on warp tour, yeah. you know, he was doing like stuff. Twelve. Like years ago. Yeah, bro. Like years ago. And just like fucking with like you mentioned Kellen Quinn. You know, I remember they were doing like songs together and stuff. So like he he has his place in the scene, if you will, you know, and like he killed it. Like that's that album is sick. So uh, the irony with this and I am an MGK MGK fan with um, the album um, Tickets to My Downfall. Now, I'll be honest. I've never listened to him before this, and I think that's the fucking value. That's that's it. Here's a guy who has 208 episodes of a podcast. Music I've played in bands. Music's been my life, and I've never I've known who he is. I've never listened to the guy. Why? Because he gets his stupid ass label of a rap artist or whatever it is. You put a pop punk label on it, and even a guy like me listens to it, and I fucking loved it, you know. And now, guess what I did? I went back and listened to the stuff that I never listened to before. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. And the other thing that kind of gets under my skin about this MGK thing is Travis Barker had his stamp of approval on it. And we all hold Blink-182 up there, right? We all say they're the pop punk kings, but the, the best drummer in the scene puts his stamp of approval on something and everyone's like, no, it's fucking trash. Eh, no. I mean, yeah, I think those are like the keyboard warriors and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure like, uh, what city are you in right now? I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Pitts okay, cool. Yeah. So like if, if MGK had a show in Pittsburgh, I'm sure all the kids that would be would be going to the neck deep show and the state champ show and whatever other like main, you know, mainstream pop punk bands playing a show, the same kids are going to be in line waiting for the MGK show as any of the bands that I just mentioned, you know? So there's one thing to be like, you know, to flex on, 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 on social media for your engagement or whatever. And there's another thing, what you're actually going to do in real life and you're all going to be there, you know? So Anyways, I'm excited. I hope he does a tour and it'd be really cool to uh, to check that out and see those songs played live. Fuck yeah, I totally agree. And again, I, we need to strip down these barriers and just strip down all the bullshit in here. Whether it's a big ass name, MGK, or it's a, a band full of diversity or everything in between. Like we should embrace everybody and not close Absolutely. down anything. Um, to dive back in though to Dear Youth, um, Jared, I coming into this episode literally this morning i'm kind of ashamed but it only dropped i think on christmas eve um i just found it today before i talked to you this um unplugged version of dawn dawn and honestly holy fuck dude that was sick i love when bands do this and not only did dear youth nail nail doing a stripped down version but the the setting in the background and just the overall aesthetic was gorgeous I've got a few questions, and if I have to repeat them, I will. I want to know who directed it, when and where did you tape this, and what the hell kind of experience was that like, dude? It was beautiful. Nicely done. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so that was like an idea that, that I had actually because uh, I used to live in this like pretty nice condo building, and like there was this like rooftop terrace that you can kind of see um whatever at the top of uh, at the top of the building and um we just like had this idea we know we wanted to do some like acoustic renditions like a live stream or whatever and we wanted to kind of take it up a notch because a lot of bands and stuff were doing it in their in their bedrooms or wherever you know quarantine style and um this is when things started to open up a little bit so we were able to get together 
um, and uh, went up to the roof. Uh, we uh, work with like a video or video team slash like um, uh, like creative director. Um, he's got like his people, whatever that we just kind of all you know inv involved in the project and got a dude with a drone and just kind of recorded it, man. And we recorded it in, it was like this summer, like this past summer, like in August, like end of summer. Um, and yeah, no, it came out great. We love it. Oh, it really, it really came out great. And uh, I, I, again, I think my research, my detailed research at Spinning Thoughts tells me it came out on Christmas Eve, December the 24th of 2020. So a lot of right. people probably haven't seen this yet. So I implore the the, the listeners and, and friends and fans of Spinning Thoughts to go check this out. It, it's on YouTube and I'm sure maybe on your website and, and, and other things like that. Um, Jared, does the band have any plans to do more songs off Heirloom like this or maybe even a collection of songs uh, like an EP in 2020? Yeah, man. Um, we're definitely, we've definitely been writing, uh, started writing again. Um, we definitely want to do a live stream in some capacity, whether it's going to be in like a live venue or a studio, like just depending on, on what's open. Like right now, as I mentioned, like can't really leave your house at this point. So uh, that's, that sucks. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we definitely have plans to do uh, like a live stream, as I mentioned. And um and yeah, like definitely uh, some form of a single, maybe. I don't want to spill the beans too much, but uh, hopefully we can get some music out in 2021. I never push. I never push bands too much, but I just want for clarity. I think that that dear youth could do very well to do some sort of VP of an unplugged version of these songs. Is there any goal or intention? I feel like uh, you probably wouldn't tell me if there was, but is there? Yeah, no, I, I can tell you. I mean, I, we've definitely like uh, thrown around the idea. So, uh, you know, if, if like what you're saying, the reaction, the reaction has been good and if people want it, then let's let's put it up. Uh, let's put it up on the Spotify. I think it's it would be too hard to do that. So it sounds like what Jared is saying is, is if we can get enough people into this idea that they probably will fucking do it. So that is me telling everybody to go blow up this video. Um, and there you go. The unplugged version of Dawned On. And God, it's like. I have had that fucking song stuck in my head since I listened to it this this morning on uh, YouTube, uh, the unplugged version. So kudos. That was so nicely done. One of my favorite albums of 2020 was from Exile from the Menzingers. And that was basically an entire they took Hello Exile from 2019, completely stripped it down and reimagined it. And it was amazing and i got the exact same kind of like creative juices um with what you guys did on dawn dawn so i would love to see more of it um sweet thanks man absolutely now i've interviewed a lot of bands through spinning thoughts and um we've touched on just like the nuance of covid and the struggles in the music industry and bands and everything uh, but a big portion of what i like to used to like to talk to bands about um was what they had planned for the year and usually a lot of that revolved around touring and fests and, and shows. It feels a little weird to not really be able to know what options even exist, right? Like we can have goals and plans and hopes and dreams, uh, but even like what you've been say saying, Jared, like you're in Montreal and you guys are going into a lockdown for the next 30 days. I'm in Pittsburgh and that it's very different here, right? It, maybe we should be going into a lockdown in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania, who knows, right? But it's it's different in all regions. So how can you even tour if every region is at a different stage in this fucking process? Knowing that there's a lot of nuance and a lot of uncertainty, what are your kind of goals or hopes for Dear Youth in 21? I know we talked about a few things, but like if we could like swing for the fences, what do you what do you see? What do you hope? 
Yeah, um, I would definitely say if we could play some shows in some capacity, that would be like a dream come true at this point, you know. Um, I'd say definitely, as you mentioned, like getting getting more music out, you know. Uh, I think at this point, like, you know, we could do the live streams, we could hope for tours to come back, but I think what the people need and what people want is just is just more music to consume. So I definitely say getting getting out uh, an EP, as you mentioned, or uh, or a couple of singles could be really cool. And and that's all that's all you could really do, you know, and then just doing more stuff like this, just interacting with fans. I know we want to get like um, like our merch store really like uh, down and up uh, with some new designs. We want to get like a discord. I mean, uh, Twitch even like we really want to just start building up on our platforms to be able to just engage with people, because I think, you know, as we discussed earlier in the conversation, I think people need, you know, that that camaraderie and just like you know, knowing that that uh, there's people that they can talk to during during this time. So I think building up those platforms could be could be really beneficial to us. Dear Youth is a community that I think is going to grow big in 21. And I really um, heirloom was such a surprise to me. And I'm so, so fucking thankful and grateful that I got the list. I, I, I listen to it all the time. Um, I don't know, man, like it, it's just it was such a great album. Um, I, I do got to ask you this because, you know, I've played in bands before and there's kind of two things like my bands never went far. That's why I run a podcast now. But there was always two things that I said um, being in a band that if we could do it, then I think that we should like really push to the next level. And we never did these things. So I never pushed one is music videos. And I mean, like legit music videos. Um, but the other is pressing vinyl. And, and not only did you guys release an album in, in 2020, it was a debut album, but you also pressed like really sexy looking vinyl. Um, I don't, are you a vinyl head? Um, and whether you are or not, I guess is irrelevant to the main question. If I was in a band and vinyl came out for my band, I'd own it and I'd be listening to it all the fucking time. Do you own your album on vinyl and have you ever listened to it? Yeah, um, I have. Well, I, well, I, I've been moving so much recently. Like I moved like twice in the last six months, so I have everything in boxes over here. Like I'm still waiting for my new furniture to to come from the stores. So um, I actually haven't listened to my album on vinyl, which is so embarrassing. Uh, but not because I haven't tried. It's just like I haven't had the opportunity to. Uh, but yeah, like I have a stack of them here. Um, I do collect vinyl. Uh, I've got like uh, a big band that I like collecting vinyl for. It's Touche Amore. Um, um, love their new album then. I love their new album. I think it's amazing. So amazing. I was yeah. actually, it was in a contendership for the top 10 for me. I love nice. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I've got all their stuff here. I've got, you know, the classics, uh, as well. Uh, I got some Beatles stuff too. So definitely love the vinyl game. Uh, like it was always a dream of mine to be able to, to print on vinyl for my own band, you know? So like, that's definitely like one off the bucket list for sure. Uh, and yeah, like, uh, you know, to more vinyl, that's, that's definitely a goal. Hell yeah. Where can, uh, where can people go and get the vinyl for heirloom from dear youth? What's the best way? Because honestly, I was, I tweeted out the other day that I'm looking to buy vinyl. I'm trying to do a lot of stuff like with video content with it and stuff. So I, honestly, dear youth, you're going to be seeing a, a, an order for me here pretty soon. Where can people like me go and get this vinyl? Sweet. So yeah, if you live in Canada, you could go to store.deeryouth.com and you could buy the vinyl there. If you live in the States or anywhere else in the world, you can just go to deeryouth.com and, uh, and it'll be shipped to you directly. 
Beautiful. Jared, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've been looking forward to it. So uh, thank you for being here for episode 208 of Spinning Thoughts. Before you and I say goodbye, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Maybe something I didn't touch on that is important to the band, important to your fans, community, anything going on in 21 that I missed, or just some words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with? Absolutely. You know, uh, in terms of what we got planned, I'd say stay tuned for merch, stay tuned for just more, uh, you know, engagement uh, from us. I mean, we really want to just get out there and, and speak with uh, fans. I mean, you know, you guys have been reaching out to us like on Instagram and Twitter, and we kind of just want to like assemble everybody into like that community that I was talking about earlier. So just stay tuned for like a discord. We're really excited to get on that. And then, you know, words of wisdom, just keep keep doing what you're doing, you know, keep your heads down, stay safe wear your masks, and, and hopefully we can get out of this really soon. Jared, thank you so much for taking the time to be here for the true, real first ever video podcast because you're the first band guest I've ever had. So thank you for taking the time here to be with us on episode 208 of Spinning Thoughts. I appreciate it, man. Have a good day. Once again, I want to thank Jared from Dear Youth for being here in episode 208 of Spinning Thoughts. Before we go, I am really excited to play this last song from Action Adventure. I want to give a shout out to at Ninja Swint on Twitter. They tweeted me a few times to play a song from the band, and I'm glad that they did. Action Adventure sent me a message that they wanted me to share with all of you before we play their track, Tuck Everlasting. And I actually recommend going and checking out their song that leads into this, which is called Barricades. Uh, but here is their quote uh, from Blake and Brompton. This track is really about the dangers of nostalgia. Nostalgia is such a bittersweet thing because it makes you long for a time before and it can hold you back and keep you stuck in place. You can sometimes get so caught up in it you don't realize all the good that the present has to offer. We really want to remind people to think fondly of the past, immerse yourself in the present, and most of all, look forward to the future. It's all about progress. Make sure you are following us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. We have premiere episodes every Thursday on Adobe Radio. The video podcast drops later that day. Give the video a like and uh, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Visit our website, thespinningthoughts.com. And everybody, enjoy this song, Tuck Everlasting from Action Adventure. Yeah.